This is another episode of Main Corpse. I am your host, Matt. And I'm Kelsey. This is Kelsey. We have got a story for you that's going to turn the stomach. Alright, so the Thai food we got is in Clarksburg, and it is called Sabadi. Sabadi. It's uh, S A. B-A-I-D-E-E. And we will spell that for you on the Insta. Yes, it'll be on the Instagram, it'll be on the Twitter, it'll be on the Facebooks. That's what they call it these days, because uh, we're all cool kids. So we ordered um, a shitload of food. So in front of me, I have got their drunken noodles, which uh, I got the chicken in this. I only got two little pepper symbols, so it's very, very edible. I should have gone with three. Um, it is not so hot that I can't eat it, so three would have been perfect um i believe so i got the drunken noodles they use that really good wide flat noodle um i'd actually never had one of those flat noodles before and it's absolutely awesome uh it's really really good so uh what did you get kelsey um i got a yellow curry it's got pineapple and peppers and i did three stars of spice and it is just nicely spicy if i want to blow my face off i would go up to like a four but mm -hmm. five is far too much for me i know my limits i'm also here briefly Brittany's also here just for the food section Brittany, what did you get uh i got their pork with crispy rice i think it was just called a spicy pork salad yeah it's, yeah it, it uh, looks really lob good lob kai mm -hmm. cool Lob moo, I'm sorry. It's oh, a spicy pork salad with chilies, fish sauce, lime, red onions, cilantro. It's crazy good. Yeah, this is this is all very, very good so far. We also got some teas to go along with it. So what tea did you get, Kelsey? I got chrysanthemum. It looks and really so good. And pretty, and I didn't get pictures of those. Yeah, we should probably get pictures the, of those. For the gram. And then, Brittany, what did you get? I got lemongrass pandan. Pandan? Lemongrass pandan. This is uh, something that we had a lot of when we were in the Philippines, and Brittany absolutely fell in love with it, so she had to get that. I will say, if you know anything about Filipino food, her food looks like sausage, um, is what it looks like. Just a, a real good, like, mincemeat chop-up of, uh, like of pork parts. It's delicious. Um we also got yeah. um, steamed dumplings and spring rolls. Ooh, yeah. They look really good. They so, look very awesome. The steamed dumplings, what kind of sauce is that? Is that like a hot pepper oil or is that like a sweet sauce? I don't know, but there's one way to find out. She's just going to dive right in. While she's doing that, I'm breaking up my rice. Oh my God, that's amazing. Actually... Is it like sweet it's or like spicy? Sweet and spicy. Oh, sweet. It's okay. both. It's very good. All right, I'm going to definitely take one of those in just a minute. The spring rolls look amazing. And Brittany, what did you get for dessert? Hmm. We have sago pearls and a coconut cream with red beans. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm so excited. That sounds really good. I did not have to look that up. So here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, this is this is maybe um, some of the best food we've had so far in this uh, long journey that has been, uh, that has been main corpse. So... Very, very good. And it, again, is in Clarksburg. It's called Sabidi. Sabidi, I believe. Sabidi, something like that. It's spelled S-A-B-A-I-D-E-E. Look for pictures on our Instagram, our Twitter, and our Facebook. And we will uh, let you guys know um, where you can find this. We'll put their address and everything on there for you. And, of course, we're going to try the spring rolls 
and what are these again? Steam dumplings. Steam dumplings. Uh, and the dessert, and let you guys know how all of that tastes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. So, what we can do now, we can get into our story for today, which I'm really, really excited about. Um, I've got something that I just, uh, I just can't wait to talk about. So, let's jump right in. Well, let's give you the date first. So, this happened, um, this specific incident that I'm about to tell you happened um, 3-22-2014 in um, Nigeria. And this is known as the Soka, S-O-K-A, um, or the Ibadan Forest of Horror. So <clears throat> what this is, just to give you a heads up on what you're about to hear, uh, this is the story of a ritual killer's den that was discovered in the Soka Forest of Ibadan, Oyo State, in Nigeria. Um, it was unintentionally discovered on 3-22-2014 after... Um, I'll say a very uh, a very interesting story. So the story that I'm going to tell you guys is going to start early on 322-2014. Um, I'm assuming it was in the morning hours because it was, you know, again, very early because his friends were, were looking for this gentleman. So a commercial motorcyclist um, or a cab driver in Ibadan. So basically uh, his motorcycle was his cab. He would pick up people and take them from place to place. Um, he was driving an unknown passenger. They still don't know who the passenger was or anything like that to his destination. Um, on his way, the driver gets a call from his friend asking him for a ride. Um, he explains that he's with a customer and tells his friend to stay where he is and he'll come and get him a little bit later on. So by the way, what you're about to hear is the exact opposite of what happened with the the, the two in, in Montreal that we talked about before, because these people were very worried about their friend um, and immediately kind of went out and looked for him. So, um, again, so just to, just to set this up, um, imagine a, you know, relatively developing country. This gentleman is a cab driver who has a motorcycle. He's driving an, at this, at, at this moment, an unknown passenger to an unknown destination. His friend calls and says, I need a ride. He says, I'm with a customer. I'll be with you soon. Um, I'll come in and find you. Um, we know this because the friend tells this story. I've watched a couple YouTube videos where the friend actually recounts this. So by the way, um, his name, because of the difficult translation from Nigerian to English, um, he, his name seems to be, the, the motorcycle driver's name, seems to be all over the place. Um, I have heard Abakuda for his name, and I've also heard Abacondor, and I've heard it kind of pronounced both of those ways. So pretty similar, but we'll, we'll call him Abacondor for what we're going to do, because that's what most of them seem okay. to say. So a few hours after this phone call, um, the friend hasn't heard from, from Abacondor, right? Um, so he visits his home looking for him, where Abacondor's family tells him that he never came home. Okay, so a few hours later, his friend says he never came home. The family and friend immediately visit the local police, and they're told that there's nothing that can be done. They're basically told, you're shit out of luck. Good luck finding your friend. <laughs> um, go do your thing. Um, I do want to point out that 
I looked up crime and um, and other statistics for Ibadan, Nigeria, and what I found was that corruption amongst um, the government and police is at like 76% um, in these places. It is extremely, extremely high, and I'll get into why that matters here in just a little bit, but that's going to that's gonna you know start again. We're going to get back to that. So they visit the local police. The police tell them nothing can be done. So they're pissed off. And they go and gather a party to help them look for their friend. Um, they basically came to a river crossing. So they, they broke up into groups, started looking all over town for their friend. And they came to a river crossing where they found his motorcycle parts. There was no sign of him. Um, there was no sign of damage to the motorcycle. So the family began to kind of instinctively look around. And they started to follow the river from the crossing. Okay, so they find his motorcycle, no damage, nothing like that. It's just randomly parked at a crossing. Um, and by a crossing, I mean a spot where a river and a road cross. Right. Right. So um, there's a video on YouTube, and I'm going to find it and share it with with everybody. So you guys can watch this video if you'd like to. I'm going to give you a warning right now, and I'll put it on the post. Uh, trigger warning. If you do not want to see dead bodies, skulls, skeletons, do not watch it. Um, it is very um, honest in its depiction. So, they start following the river, thinking that it's possible that he had been swept away by the river. So, maybe he stopped to use the bathroom to stretch his legs, and one thing led to another, and he had gotten into the river and been swept away. So, they begin following the river, and within a short distance, the group discovers an abandoned building. Um, around the outside of the building, they didn't find anything, so they almost stopped looking. So, they go down the river, they find an abandoned building... And they almost don't go inside. They almost just walk away from it. So they were almost ready to leave when a member of the party screamed for the group to alert the police. Because looking through a window, he had discovered human beings chained to workbenches and walls. This is absolutely true. I have seen the video. I have seen the walls that they were chained to. So they found human beings barely alive emaciated, chained to the walls of this um, seemingly abandoned building. So to recap kind of where we're at right now, um, a gentleman disappears. Uh, within a couple hours, his friends uh, form search parties to look for him. And in the midst of looking for him, they find an abandoned building with human beings chained to workbenches and walls. The group entered the building and found themselves surrounded by large piles of clothing. So I hate to use this as an analogy, but if you have ever seen the Nazi imagery of concentration camps, like the piles of clothing and everything, mm -hmm. it's very much what it looked like. It, it is horrendous uh, seeing it. Um, told you this one was going to get a little nasty. Um, I apologize for that. Again, if anyone gets triggered easy, now would be a very, very good time to walk away. So they enter the building and find themselves surrounded by large piles of clothing. Um, in the video that I'm going to share, you will see um, the images of these piles of clothing everywhere. They got closer to the people chained to the walls and the tables, and they reported that these people looked like living skeletons. They were all, they were almost all malnourished, uh, mal malnourished. malnourished, and barely alive. So they were barely... So they were alive, though. Yes. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so this gets odd here in just a moment. That that fact gets really odd here in just a minute because I've watched the video 
of the people finding this. They were recording it. I mean, this was 2014. They had cell phones. And they were recording the river crossing, and they recorded the outside of the building. Um, yeah, they were recording when they found this. Um, and in the video, they're talking about how, you know, we've gone to the police, we've told them what we found, and nobody came. The police didn't attempt to help them, didn't seem to give a shit, um, and it gets even worse. So, one person was so bad that they did die when they were freed. So when they removed them from their shackles, they died in the arms of one of the people who were searching. A short time later, the police finally did arrive and began searching, and the more, uh, sorry, began searching a little more thoroughly, and they quickly discovered um, a minimum of 20 decomposing bodies littered throughout other parts of the building. So they found the ones who were alive, and they found at minimum 20 decomposing bodies throughout the building in various stages, all the way down to skeletal remains. And when you watch the video, you will absolutely see this. So again, <laughs> don't watch it if you have a weak stomach. This was a tough one for me to get through, and I'm pretty hardened to shit like this. Um, it was not fun. It, it literally reminds you of something like out of a Rob Zombie movie or like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or something like that, but it's real. It's, it's all very real. So, again, the police arrived and discovered the bodies kind of lit scattered, littered throughout the building. Um, after going through um, the bodies, Abacondor was not found among the living or the dead. So they did not find their friend at this point. So to kind of recap where we're at with this, because I like to do that. Um, so friend disappears. Some good friends who actually care about their friend put together a search party. They find his bike at a river crossing. They follow the river thinking maybe he had been swept downstream where they find a building that was seemingly abandoned. And when they look inside, they find a literal house of horror, um, just bodies everywhere, human beings chained to the walls and workbenches. Um, and finally, the police eventually did arrive. And after a more thorough search, found even more. So that's where we're at right now. So, um, again, after going through the bodies, they do not find their friend, so they start to call his phone. This time, he answered. He said that his battery was about dead, but he could hear them, and they were above him. So, what? yeah, yeah, so they finally call his phone again, because they had called his phone a lot to begin with, and he hadn't picked up. This time, he picked up, and in a panic, he tells them, <clears throat> I can hear you. My phone's almost dead, and you're above me. I don't know where you're at, but you're above me. He didn't know where he was either. <clears throat> the group then started looking um, and eventually found a passage leading underground where another 13 people, including their friend, were found. Yeah, wild, wild, wild stuff. I'm going to get into this real quick. This is kind of a, an aside. This is common in this part of the world. Ritual killers are common around election time. So when there are important elections, things like that. And often politicians look the other way because they believe these ritual killers can help them. Like a sacrifice. That's what I'm gathering. I'm having a lot of trouble discerning exactly how the two are related. But you can actually find videos online. There is a Nigerian channel that I found on YouTube 
And they have people that they've caught who they claim are ritual killers. And they're interviewing them and stuff like that. Um, it's really, really intense. So apparently um, this is this is an extreme case, but apparently this does happen. And they have they have caught and arrested um, men, women, young people who all were ritual killers and did this stuff um, closer to elections and things like that. And there are some people in certain corners of the internet that believe that you can tie these things back to people who are running for office in these Nigerian states. So that's something to just keep in mind while we're going through this. While no one um, has been identified as being responsible for this, six people were arrested at the site. Um, the claim was that they were security. These six people who were arrested um, as being security guards for this building um, claim that they cannot identify the person or persons responsible for the crimes, and they did not know who hired them. So they eventually did catch six people that they believe were security. The other thing that should be mentioned, when they did free the people who were shackled, a lot of them ran as soon as they were free and were never seen again. Like they ran off into the woods, they ran off here or there. So who knows if they had been criminals or, or what had happened. Um, it was some pretty wild stuff. So a lot of the people who had freed them said a lot of them, when we freed them, they just ran because the cops weren't there and they just took off and they were never, we were, they were never able to interview them to figure out exactly what might've occurred. So this is still a huge mystery and they don't really know who was responsible for it, but they, they think it's part of this um, ritual killing that happens around um, <laughs> around. So know. this seems super bizarre, but at the same time, you'd think they would have been better at it. This, this isn't probably the way to look at it, but did they want to be found? Did they leave the motorcycle on purpose? Why would you leave it out? You have a whole, what, barn? I don't know. Warehouse? Like, you could, yeah. you could have just taken it. You could have sold it for scrap and raised money for your cult. Like, yeah. this is bizarre. It's really, really bizarre. So I was wondering the same thing about the motorcycle. Because clearly, whoever he had picked up, or maybe he really did stop to stretch his legs, I can't find an interview with the man that this happened to, even though the claim is that he did survive. Now, the YouTube video that I have, unfortunately, kind of ends with them saying, we called our friend's cell phone. So it's his friend who had gone to the police, who had made this video and is being interviewed in it. And he says, we went to the police and we told them that we called our friend's phone and that he could hear us, but his phone was going dead. And they have yet to show up to help us excavate, to help us figure out where they might be buried and where they're located. So the video that I'm going to, I'm going to share was taken before the 13 were found under the ground. So keep that in mind for anyone who plans on watching it. Um, but I was wondering the same thing about the motorcycle. To me, that's really, really weird. It's also very brazen because get this. I keep saying that this was an abandoned building. It was right around the corner from basically an apartment complex. They didn't even cover the windows. No, they didn't cover the windows. They didn't do anything. So I, when I was reading this the first time, when I was watching videos about it, they were claiming, like the person who made one of the videos that I watched was like, yeah, it's deep in the forest. It's secluded. No, when I watched the video um, that I'm going to share, I believe that's the one. 
they actually point out how odd it is because they're like, they could hear these people screaming from this apartment complex. So whoever ran this thing must have been big. Must have been very, very big for people to be afraid to say anything about something like that happening, like in their community. Um, so I, I have still have not found a map of the area where it happened. Like it's really hard to track anything down for it. But I would like to see how close that residence, um, like hotel complex or whatever it was, really was from the building. Because the claim is it was right there. It was right there. <laughs> so... Yeah. So news quickly spread and a mob formed. They descended onto the building where there were clashes between locals and police and the security guards. During this time, many were injured and two men were burned alive. So um, the mob assembled and they burned alive two men that they thought were the ritual killers. Um, there was no anything done. There was never a trial. There was never anything like that. They were simply killed. And if you go on YouTube or other video resources, you can also find, and again, don't watch these if you are squeamish, uh, you can find videos of them essentially torturing people that they think are ritual killers. Um, I'm not going to say these people who are doing this are either good or bad. I'm not going to say that. But I, I believe in due process, and I believe innocent until proven guilty. But unfortunately, in the part of the world that, that you know, that these folks live, um, there may not be that. So they do what they have to do. And there's very much a mob mentality to finding and um, ending these ritual killers in Nigeria, from what I can see. I'm going to do more research on it uh, because I'm very, very interested in both the ritual killers and the people that are hunting down ritual killers. Um, and what they're finding and how they prove that someone was a ritual killer. Because, yeah, when I saw that, when they said that two people were burned alive, I was just... Yeah, so let's see. The police do believe that the two men who were killed, uh, burned alive, might be the ones responsible. No evidence can confirm or disprove this, um, and this is still considered an ongoing investigation. Um, but the police do believe um, that, that they did kill the right men. But again, what I'm going to point out is what part of the world or, or what, where in the world could you do something like this right next to a residential building and get away with it? Apparently Nigeria. Yeah. So it's um, disturbing to say the least. Uh, and I want, like, I just want more information on this because there's none. Uh, there's not a lot. I have a few more things because I do have a few testimonies from survivors that I'm going to read. Um, and it's crazy. It's absolutely intense. So, so go sorry, ahead. we're yeah, talking about ritual killers. Are they, are they not like actually killing them in any kind of ritual? Or are they just allowing them to starve to death? With all these people that are malnourished, and then they've got the people who aren't malnourished yet downstairs. Like... I I never was able to piece it together. So what I'm what I'm kind of thinking because I never and if 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 someone's listening to this and you have more information, I actually would like to have you kind of come on the podcast and tell us about it because I can't find anything else. I'm I'm kind of at my wits end with this one. All I can tell from what I'm reading is they found them malnourished and chained to walls and stuff like that. What I'm thinking, because again, these ritual killings and these um, 
these crime scenes seem to pop up more, according to people who live in Nigeria, when there is a political um, election coming up, when there's right. an election. So what I'm thinking is I would like to try to connect the dots if I knew the people who were found there. Were they people who were considered like dissenters against the, the, the politicians? Were they people who spoke out against the politicians? And was ritual killing just a cover to put them in this building and keep them out of the public? And why weren't these reported? Think of how many people were in there. So we're talking about when they looked, my understanding is there were at least 10 people chained. They found 20 bodies spread around the place. And then they found 13 more. So 43 people. So you're talking about 43 people. And only one who had friends who thought to go look? Here you are being all sassy about Toronto. And you've got Uh 42 people who don't have friends. Have a condor's friends came after him. That's all I know. Um, And they burned two people alive in the the middle of it. So You know what? um, If someone took you, I would burn them alive. Thank you. I appreciate that. Same. I would burn them alive, too. So, yeah, I I thought the same thing, honestly, because they keep saying ritual killers. And I've read things about other ritual killers where, like, they legitimately found people with, like, the tops of their skulls removed and stuff like that. That sounds much more like a ritual killing to me than what we saw here. This sounds to me like some sort of concentration camp where you keep people to keep them away from doing something because this did not sound to me like ritual killing um they that's what they call them they call them ritual killers and they do lump this in with that group of crimes but i don't know man there's no ritual i know i know but listen to how random this is so one survivor said i was sitting somewhere near the agoti gate area of Ibadan when some people just swooped on me and rushed me into a vehicle. I had been in that place for four months. Um, In the forest, uh, we might not be given food for a whole week. People were dying all around me. That sounds so random that they just, he was sitting near a gated area um, of Ibadan and they swooped on him and took him and he woke up in this place. I mean, what was the reasoning behind it? Um, it, It's so, so, so weird. The other thing I was thinking is maybe a scare tactic. Maybe these people are related to someone who was giving the politicians trouble, something like that. Because, again, you're talking about a very um, uh, superstitious part of the world. Um, You're talking about an area where, you know, if... If your if your people come up missing or something like that, you know the likelihood that something terrible has happened to them is pretty high. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe I don't know, I don't know. The superstition has to go into it somewhere. I don't know where, but it just seems seems so odd to me. So I do have another survivor. So so this is a survivor who said some people kidnapped me while I was sitting in front of our house. Uh, they said that I was wanted somewhere and that they came to arrest me. They then took me away in their vehicle. Later, I found myself in that forest. It sounds to me like he is saying police came to pick him up, and he ended up in that forest. That's what it sounds like to me. Maybe I'm filling in the blanks here. I mean, it could have still just been people who, like, were dressed as police, pretending mm -hmm. to be police, just so that the people around them in the neighborhood weren't like, what are you doing taking that random man? Like, yeah. 
I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, this is this is a weird one. And here's another weird little factoid. Um, the searchers who were following the river claim that along the way they located charms of different kinds hanging and laying along the river path. I haven't seen a picture of what the charms look like or anything like that, but apparently they found um, found charms of different kinds. I haven't seen pictures or, like I said, anything like that, so I don't know exactly what those charms would have looked like. I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that one. But so, what if yeah. this is some sort of religious thing and it is a ritual? But the ritual part is the charms, and they're leading some kind of god to a place where there's, like, actual sacrifice as know. a um, as an offering, almost. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just <sighs> throwing stuff at the wall till it sticks. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Um, there's another. So again, um, and I did have this in the notes. So again, to throw this out there, searchers began releasing people in the chains before the police arrived. And again, like I said, Smart. many started fleeing into the woods and were never really seen or heard from again by the people who freed them. And then this is a really interesting one to me. Um, another thing that I saw, another piece that was thrown out there, but again, I could poke holes in this all day long. Um, it's suspected that the crimes were committed by ritualistic killers, but like you said, like, I would Where's need to know more about the ritual, because they yeah. did find 20 bodies. Maybe you were supposed to drain them until they were almost dead and then kill them. Maybe that's what was going on. But I never saw anything about that. Seems another like a lot of effort for murder. Yeah, another person um, put out there that it could possibly a group be a group selling remains. Okay. Um, to, like, I'm assuming scientists, doctors, people who need bodies to do experiments on. But why would you have skeletons that have already decomposed exactly. all the way? Thank you. That's what I said, too. Why would they have 20 bodies decomposing in there? And the other thing, too, why would a doctor want every one of them to be malnourished? That doesn't make any sense. You would think that they would want people in, like, different degrees of health, and all of them were treated the same way. Like, they weren't fed or anything I don't know. Like that. What do you think? Maybe a scientific kind of experiment or something? That's what I was Medical thinking when experiment. I heard it. Yeah. That's what I was thinking when someone said that. I was like, uh, maybe that's what's going on. Right. So some suspect that local leaders could be involved as, again, another residential building is very, very close to the compound where it happened. So that is everything I have on that specific case. The um, They call it, again, the um, Soka Horror Forest or the Ebidon Forest of Horror. Um I first ran into this kind of on accident when I was looking up, um, oh my God, this is not going to sound good no matter how I put it. When I was looking up genocides, because I, I am... As one does casually. Yeah, I am very, uh, I'm, I'm a student of history, I guess, uh, dark history, and I was actually doing some research on um, on different... On different um, Leaders who have committed genocide in their countries, um, and again, and against who they committed genocide, um, stuff like that. And I, I just stumbled across this, and I was like, "Wow, that has to be discussed because this is not the only one. This is the most prevalent one. This is the one that is um, extremely popular to kind of talk about, even though I haven't seen a lot of people bring it up." Mm -hmm. um, but there are other examples of ritual killers who have been caught just this year. I mean, I, I found news reports and stuff where other ritual killers have been caught. Um, I don't know how many they killed. I don't know how they were caught. I don't know anything like that. But um, it's pretty wild. Is it all in the same area? Or? Yep. It's all in Nigeria. Okay. 
I wonder if it's similar to um, when we had the um, Satanist, like... The Satanic Panic? Yeah, that's the one. Of the 1980s? Yeah. That's the one. Um, Thank you. I thought the same thing. I thought the exact same thing. Because if you if you know anything about the history of the U.S., I was born in 86. I don't remember it. I almost said, if you remember the Satanic Panic, I don't. I've just read a lot about it because <laughs> I love it. I love reading about it. Um, it was a dark time for America. I mean, it really, really was. Um, a lot of people, the West Memphis Three, mm-hmm. um, people like that were taken down and given serious time in jail and their lives turned upside down over bullshit. Right? Because at the time, anytime someone was killed, anytime something like that happened, they wanted to immediately blame it on um, Satanists, right? People who are ritually killing other people in the name of, of Satan. Well, and um, to this day, we still haven't actually gotten any proof that that's ever happened, that anyone's right. ever murdered right. because of Satan. Yeah. Not once. Um, there, is, there is one really interesting one. Um, mm-hmm. Hold on a minute. Let me find this one because this is one you should hear about. Maybe I'll do an article on this. Would love um, that. Hold on a minute. Let me find it. While I'm finding it, I agree with you. I thought about that and I was like, um, I was like, maybe that is what's going on. Maybe it's one of those things where it's just mass panic, right? Maybe it's just mm-hmm. mass panic. So there is. One case that I've found, but it didn't happen in the 1980s. So there was a guy who was living. Let me actually pull this up. He was living in North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina specifically. And he went by the name Pazuzu Alligard. Okay. Um, If you know the name Pazuzu, this is what he looked like. I'll share this so that people can see it. Um, it's clear that he's got all of his shit together. Yeah, he's he's got it together. So this gentleman named Pazuzu Alligard... Um, was was a self-professed Satanist. Um, he okay. stole his name, Pazuzu, from the movie The Exorcist. That's the name of the demon in The Exorcist. Um, and he would... So he would have these insane parties at his house. And his house was a shit show, quite literally. It was covered in feces everywhere. It was very, very, very bad. But he still had all of these people who would come over and they were like acolytes. They would follow him. Um, And he would tell them sometimes, yeah, I killed someone and buried him in the backyard. And they thought he was talking shit. They actually found people murdered and buried in his backyard. And people tried to warn the Raleigh police over and over and over and over again that this man had killed people in his house, in his basement, and buried them in his backyard. Now, do I do I say it was a, a satanic killing? No, because it wasn't really ritualistic. He claims that it was, but he just kind of shot them. Um, there were a couple <laughs> of them that he tortured, uh, and and they, I think they only ended up finding two bodies. But he would find people who were um, like living in their cars and stuff like that, and he would do this to them. So for a long time, people thought that. And, and I, I'm assuming the Raleigh police, too. We've gone way off topic. But I'm assuming the Raleigh police, too, thought that people were just kind of profiling because how he looked. But it turned out he really did murder people. Well, I and guess you claimed, can judge a book by its cover. And claimed it was because I say, this is one of the few times. And I'll <laughs> post a picture of Pazuzu Alligard. I'm going to say this, though. We might not cover it on this podcast because there is like a six-part documentary by Vice, like six-hour documentary, and it's amazing. And it covers the story way better than we could in 40 minutes. It's really, really good. We could talk more about it if you wanted to. But that all brings us back to it could be something like the Satanic Panic, but in Nigeria. 
right? Um, who knows? Who knows what really is going on out there? Um, apparently, it's still happening. I told you that you can actually find videos of them, like, torturing people they, that they think are ritualistic killers. That just feels like it's not... It doesn't make any sense. You're literally just doing what these people were doing. I know. It's... It, <laughs> But at the same time, because I, I think I think you of it the same way. Long enough to do. see yourself become the yeah, villain. <laughs> I think I think of it the same way you do. Where I, I read it and I'm like, and I'm looking at this and I'm like, why the fuck would you do this to another person? Like whether you think they're a ritual killer or not, don't they deserve to have their their say? Don't they deserve to to do something? But at the same time, you're talking about groups of people who are having their family members and their children and stuff stolen at an alarmingly high rate, and they're taking. Taking it in their own hands because the cops who are local will not help them. Um, they they won't help them, uh, and that's what I've read. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying that to a certain point, I kind of understand it. Yeah, but at the no, same time, sure. at the same time, they probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> that's where I'm at with it. So there you go. That's the story of the Ibadan Forest of Horror. I hope you can sleep well tonight, and uh, don't sit out on your porch. Don't sit out on your porch. Before you know it... You don't go outside because um, there's bears, there's other people, yeah, and you might get kidnapped. There's ritual killers uh, running around. So there you have it, guys. If you Again, if you know more about this than I do, and I don't think we're ever going to have any Nigerian audience members, if, if we, we do, do. Uh, reach out to local police, and they'll do apparently nothing. But try, anyway, if you know anything about these. If you're someone who survived this or something like this, or you know a family member who did, or maybe you're living in the U.S. and you're originally from Nigeria and you have some information you can... Um, where you can shed some light on this whole thing for me, I would love to talk to you. So please reach out. So we have dessert. We do have dessert. From our favorite Thai place. So we're going to get that ready, and we're going to talk about how delicious it is. So we'll get that ready right now, and we'll talk about it. All right, so we have the dessert ready to roll. We've got Michael in here. We've got Brittany, and then me and Kelsey. So we gathered the troops to try this Thai dessert. Brittany, do you want to explain what this is real quick? It is... Saga pearls in a coconut cream with red beans. And it looks like it's set up a little bit. There's like a couple noodles in it too of some kind. I think that's pieces yeah. of coconuts. You think it's I think it's, oh. I think it's pickled coconut. You know what? I'll find out. It yep. might be the like knotted de coco. Mm-hmm. Which is or co coconut sport. Oh really good though. Which is like a really Travel. soft baby coconut to, type of thing. Have to give up on it. Now Michael, are you trying it? No, I'm good. Michael. Come Michael, on, would you like to try it? I'm good. We don't want to make him hate Thai food even more. All right, cool. You know him. Does he hate? Would he hate the consistency? He would not like the beans. Gotcha. Okay. I think the beans really said it all. He could eat around the beans. Mm. So I'm trying to get me to eat your beans. Mm. That's really good. Mm -hmm. It's lightly sweet. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh man, this is good. And kind of salty. Oh, is it a little salty? I think the beans are a little bit salty, maybe. Mm. I really want to get into the pearls because that was like they're the so good. Thing. Oh, it is a little salty. Mm -hmm. So it almost has like a um, like a vanilla flavor to it. Kind it's of. Definitely, that's it's the coconut, coconut milk. Coconut. Yeah, it's definitely a young coconut. So yeah, what what Kelsey was saying looked like noodles. It does. It kind of tripped me up the first time I tried it. Um, it's young coconut. It's just kind of sliced and uh, sort of pickled coconut. That you run into a lot in in Asia. Um, it's really, really good. This almost reminds me of like a salad. Mm-hmm. 
This will be a nice What's the name of the um, What's the name of the ice cream uh, concoction that you can get in the Philippines? Hollow uh, Hollow. Hollow Hollow. They always put yeah, young coconut in that. Okay. Yeah, it's very very good. Okay, I dig that. That almost good. feels like a coleslaw type of thing. All right, I think that's all for today. All right, that's it. So remember, guys, don't sit out on your porch or... Trust strangers. Trust strangers or give anyone a ride on your motorcycle because you will be taken by ritual killers in Nigeria. Um, And start the new satanic panic, probably. mm -hmm. There's a satanic panic in Nigeria. We figured it out, by the way, in case you guys are wondering. 10 out of 10, we're investigators now. we're good. Uh, listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most other spots where you can find super cool, badass, great podcasts like this one. Thank you for listening, and uh, tune in next time. Stay creepy. So I think I'm trying. It sounds cool. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Later.